dad's coat at a show The sound man found it, don't you know It took a while for me to get it back But we stayed in touch and made each other laugh And then we found a date that fit To meet up We recorded it In a hotel That's how the blue coat diaries started Well, it's time for... The last episode of this season, the season finale, you could call it. Season finale. It, I, I, apparently so, yeah. How did that happen? How did we get here, Johnny? <laughs> to be honest, I was going to say it's flown by, but it actually has been a right slog. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember we thought, yeah, we'll just do a podcast. It'll be easy. We'll have a chat every week and we'll put it out and it'll be easy. And it turns out to be about, I'd say, about 20 plus hours a week between the two of us at least that's conservative to actually do it yeah it's loads of work but look how far we've come today on the podcast our guest is the frank turner it's not a joke he's coming on off of band million dead and frank turner that's it mate and just look at the pod now what we've done with it we've got jingles we've got a bloody droid that can come up with questions. We've got listeners who write letters to us. How does it make you feel? Mate, it makes me look back and think, right, we sort of did this on a whim. We kind of did it on a whim and we didn't realise how much, A, much work it would be, B, how much we're probably going to get into it. Because it started off as like, oh, that's a thing we could try. And then now we dedicate just a significant amount of time to it every week. Uh, I mean, we're messaging each other at 11 o'clock at night and saying, hey, I've had a great idea for the podcast. It's mental. And then and then we get to this, this point and you look back on it and go, hang on, it's not shit. Because, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I mean, I, technical perspective, I've kind of cobbled it together. You're a performer. I performed once or twice in front of people. And, you know, I didn't expect it to... I don't want to say I didn't expect it to work, but it sort of works. It's not shit, Johnny. That's good, isn't it? It's really good. We had low expectations, that's fair to say, and... We have enjoyed it. We have got into it and it is working. And here's the thing. If the listener out there has had a good time with us, if you've enjoyed these last 10 episodes, please donate on our page. We've got a page at gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash blue coat. I'm also going to pin that up on my Facebook. So if you go on my Facebook page, which is Johnny Awesome, it will be at the top of that. And I've had a really good idea, Mark. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to make some stickers, right? And if anyone donates £10 or more than £10, they'll be sent the stickers. I love a sticker, me. Because like when I was a kid, skateboarding, I, I, loved, I loved a bit of skateboarding. I loved to throw myself down a set of stairs, putting my own life at risk whilst on some fucking wheels. Loved it. Well, let's get them in the style of skateboard stickers. That is a cool idea. Stickers are great. Stick them on anything. His name is Marcus, and he's a drummer. He lives in a van, but it's not a bummer. We're gonna call him and find out where he's at. All right, if you're new to the podcast, uh, episode 10, a couple of things. First thing is, feel free to go back and listen from the start. You'll see how I left my coat at a gig. Mark found it, got in touch with me. We became mates. That's why we now have a podcast. That's why it's called The Blue Coat Diaries. And 
all 10 episodes are free and available to listen to right now. The other thing is we're about to call a guy called Marcus. Now, Marcus lives in a van and plays the drums. What have I missed, Mark? Anything else about Marcus? Marcus? Well, he's, he's a weird, he's one of those weird kismet things where this is a mate of yours, right? Yes. But the thing is, I also knew Marcus from my days as a sound engineer and I've met him years ago. He's a friend of a friend and we, me and Marcus got on. We were friends on Facebook before you even, I even knew that you knew he existed. I think that's because we both moved through the same scenes, man. Music, comedy, festivals, all that stuff. But listen... Let's fire up the old call machine. Don't know what that is. Yeah, Marcus mate. Marcus <laughs> Carter, are you there? Hello, Johnny. Awesome. Hi. What about wait. Mark? Hello, Mark. Uh, well, I was waiting for Mark to say hello to me. Well, yeah. And you waving on a podcast really doesn't help. No one can hear that. Being filmed, you knob. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Where are you, Marcus? I am on a high street in somewhere called Highcliffe. Highcliff. He's on the high street in Highcliff. Well, it's kind of ironic. I parked my car on the top of a high cliff. <laughs> whereabouts? Whereabouts is that? Highcliff is on the. Um, where the hell am I? I think it's in Dorset. All right. It's on the coast. I'm somewhere in between Bournemouth and Southampton. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've got. A, I've got a frame of reference now. Are oh, the signs still on the van? The signs are still on the van. Mark, Yeah. this week, Marcus came to see me at my house with Lionel. I met Lionel, Yeah. and me and Marcus put the signs onto the side of the van. That's cool. So here's the thing. The signs are up, and I just want to say thanks again to the podcast listeners who donated to get them made. Absolutely. And now Marcus is driving around with these bright yellow and black signs on, inviting people to contact the podcast and ask for a shout-out. And I'm just so excited by it because it was really sunny when Marcus came around, and when he left, he drove off. I did a little clip, actually. I'll put it on the Facebook. But it was really exciting just to see the signs go like off down the street. I thought... Who knows where they'll go? Who knows who will contact us? But you know what? This entire plan has worked. I, I love it. You know, I had this, this thing because I've seen these magnetic signs before. And part of me, the, the, the kind of the, the, the Only Fools and Horses comedy part of me, kind of wanted to see him drive off in the van, a little bit of air, wind, get under the sand and then just fly off then somewhere on the A38, A just into the, into the bushes down the side. That would have been hilarious, but sad. I don't know, Johnny, if you clocked what actually happened when I left your driveway. Because I'd just driven over from the continent and really wasn't thinking very straight when I left your place because I was so excited to have the signs on the van. Oh, yeah. I forgot which side of the road to drive on. <laughs> and your road's quite narrow. And there was a car coming down the opposite way at quite some speed with... Um, kind of furious looking lady driver <laughs> in the driver's seat and i was thinking when is she gonna move over and as she got closer she's not moving over and i was like thinking where am i gonna go and then i realized i was on the wrong side of the road when's she gonna move over calais is when she's gonna move over <laughs> so she's thinking when is that idiot gonna move over and he must I'm have thought like, 
you were playing chicken like in Footloose. Yeah, exactly like Footloose. I did feel like Kevin Bacon. I did get out and put some leg warmers on. At least she had no way of knowing who you are or who you're associated <laughs> with <laughs> and any way of contacting. <laughs> That's the worst thing. It's got Johnny's name in big... <laughs> Actually, big yeah, she's going to moan at me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it hasn't got my detail. It's got Johnny's. So you, oh, you can cause some chaos for the boy now. Exactly. Uh, look at him, he's worried now. <laughs> the good thing is, though, they did stay on, didn't they, Marcus? Um, we're, we're mobile. The signs we're are out. out. Lionel's happy. The signs are on. Everything's great. Yeah, everything's great. There is one small problem. Right. I've just sold Lionel. You've what? I've just sold Lionel. Ooh. Are you joking? No, I... Basically, you saw my van when I came to your place with all the drums in it and everything. And basically, yeah. there's no place for me to sleep. You'd agree with that, right? To be fair, it was full. Yeah, so I kind of, I, I needed a bigger van. I couldn't, I couldn't carry on. I can carry on, you know, sleeping in Lionel. There's just not enough so, room for... <laughs> are you selling Lionel but getting a bigger van? I've sold Lionel and I've got a bigger van. <gasps> Do you know what this means, guys? What? We're going to need some bigger signs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah. going to need uh, some bigger signs. All right, well, I think you should, for the good of the podcast, let the listeners pick a name for the van. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Well. Right, that's agreed. Can... So, <laughs> what are we going to do now? <laughs> we'll ask the listeners, and then you can choose from... A few that me and Mark select. You get to veto them first. We'll get the masses in. We'll pick some good ones. Next time we call you, we'll put them to you. You choose your favourite. Great. Marcus, we're going to let you get off. And listen, don't go too near the edge of that cliff, all right? It's very windy. I won't. Because we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. You've been amazing on Series 1, and we want you back on Series 2. In fact, we should just ask that now. Are you going to come back on Series 2? <laughs> I just need to um, run it by my agent first, but if that's all okay. Yeah, sensible move. No problem. All right, yeah. mate. Well, you go into the nearest corner shop and ask the lady there if you're allowed, because I know that's your agent. <laughs> my news agent. Yay! Hey. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to leave you. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you on Series 2. Stay safe and enjoy the new big spacious van. Goodbye for Bye. now. Take it easy, brother. Bye. 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 London, Tokyo, and Penzance, we want your correspondence. It is time for correspondence, and remember last week, Mark, I was telling you that my magic wand fell off a high shelf, yeah. plummeted down, and like you said, it turned into a kind of dart, really. Yeah. It broke the trackpad on my laptop, I was super pissed off, and then we just were kind of thinking, hey, I wonder if anyone's ever broken anything by a sort of freaky way, or they've done something really daft and ended up smashing something of their own or whatever. So I threw that out last week as the question, and we've had tons and tons of good stuff in. Some of it is possessions, some of it is body parts, but are you ready to hear about some freaky breakages? Absolutely, Johnny. Hit me with these freakish breakages. Okay, here we go. Ricky Grimshaw, that's a good name, has come flying in with this one. He says, Mark... Once I smashed my Wii remote playing Wii Fit. 
I was playing some random fitness game and I got a bit carried away, which caused me to accidentally throw the remote at the wall. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, you, do you remember back in the day with the Wii? Out there, there were people and the little things were breaking or they weren't putting me and it was the end of so many flat screen TVs. Yep. Out came the Wii and out went the flat screen TV to be next to the bin with a big crack on it. Crack down the middle. <laughs> The next one's kind of spooky, dude. Listen to this. Phil Wardy Ward says, I was drinking tea with a friend and we were talking about ghosts and the cup I was holding broke away from the handle. Right. Talking about ghosts. Right. And the handle was just left in his hand and the cup fell down. I thought it was quite ghostly, no? Well, if he was talking about dogs, could it have been a dog? That's just coinkydink, isn't it? Could be coinkydink. Uh, I mean, look, I, it's obvious here that I am the sceptic, in, in, the cynic in the relationship here, aren't, aren't I, Johnny? And, yeah. you know, I, I need more data on that one. If every time he mentions a ghost, something falls over, then I'm on board. Let's climb aboard the spooky train. Well, let's ask him. Phil, let us know if you've had any more paranormal activities. Let's find out. I love this next one from Andy Thomas. He said, I had a model of a car engine bought for me at Christmas that took me hours to assemble. I must have put some small parts in the wrong way as when I switched it on, it didn't work right. So I opened my front door and smashed it up on the driveway. <laughs> that is a strong reaction. <laughs> you know what I love about that is I just wasn't expecting that ending. Yeah, I mean, it's... it was. It just caught me off guard. It was like <laughs> when he said I opened the front door. I thought he was going to say something like to take it outside the garage, and I tripped yeah. over the cat or something. <laughs> Basically, just ends with him losing it. Yeah, it, I mean, that's a very strong reaction. Listen to this one from Joanna Bryan. She said, "I cleaned my hubby's new sports car with a scourer." <laughs> Fucking hell! I blame the pregnancy hormones. Did she do it on purpose in the moment? Was she feeling some kind of hormonal resentment? Because that is that is a lot for a woman's body to go through. That is, that is some chemicals thrown for your system. It was an accident. She did. She just did it absent-mindedly. Yeah. Or she was just like, look what he's done to me, and now I'm going to ruin his car. No, she used the wrong thing, <laughs> and she scratched the car. How do you... <laughs> when so scary, is it like one of the sponges with the green side? You know what I mean? Or was it full-blown Brillo pad? You know. I don't know. You know me, I've got no context. <laughs> That's a rough one, man. Kaz Allison, short and sweet, punched my laptop screen in anger. Very expensive rant. Yeah. Yeah. This is... I'm getting a vibe of people getting frustrated and just taking it out on objects. The next one's kind of sweet, man. Leo, I like this one. The next one's kind of sweet. Rachel Krieger said... I broke my arm mm. aged 11 at summer camp. I fell off my chair laughing at a bad joke. I can't remember the joke, <laughs> but it was Mark Preston who told it. We all had the giggles, and it was the poor quality of the joke that made it hilarious. I went to hospital and ended up missing a trip to the beach where there was a bonfire toasting marshmallows. I am still annoyed about it. I mean, 
it's it's quite difficult to apportion blame for that. I want to know what the joke was. That's my main thing that I'm thinking. I asked and she said she couldn't remember. You would have thought it'd be burned into your consciousness at that point, wouldn't you? Written on a cast. Yeah. A lot of people have broken things. Listen to this. Claire Safari has also broken something in the past. She said, I broke my wrist in Blue Orchid in Croydon, dancing to salt and pepper on my friend's 18th <laughs> birthday. I enthusiastically span around and fell onto it. <laughs> the Blue Orchid sounds like like a club of legend. It's like from a film or something. All I can think of is the Blue Oyster with the... <laughs> Uh, but police academy yeah that's that's where it's from but or it also sounds like the club that's in every small town where you know usually upstairs above a pub or something with incredibly sticky carpets and you know you've been definitely because you get home and you've only got one shoe and the other one's glued to the carpet every town's got one how about this one from kelly marie clark she said i was helping the team at a store refit and carrying in moving boxes I grabbed the box labelled spare uniforms, thinking, hooray, a nice light one. Imagine my horror when the box weighed a hell of a lot more and suddenly a big computer screen fell out of the bottom. It proceeded to bounce down a flight of stairs and all I could do was watch in horror as it landed at the feet of my (laughs) mortified regional manager. I then sprained my ankle, scrabbling down the stairs to pick up the gazillion pieces. It was like a staircase of hundreds of thousands. The relaunch was a success, but no bugger could get a receipt for a while. <laughs> it's just... Oh, it's a bad day, isn't it? You know... That's just like a sort of Frank Spencer... Yeah. Some mothers do have him. Like, it just gets more and more crazy, that one. The universe conspires against you, and you're fucked. That's it. The universe conspires against you, and you're fucked. The best tactic is just go back to bed. <laughs> just, just go back to bed. Today is not your day. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to do one more of these. This is from Lewis Bell. He said, I broke my phone when I was in high school. My friend sprayed me with a powder fire extinguisher, <laughs> and I shook my blazer against the wall to get it off, not realising my phone was in the pocket and smashed it to pieces. <laughs> you know like when you're beating a, a mat or something to get the dust off it? It feels, it feels unjust, because it feels like there's some dickheadery going on here. I mean, you definitely shouldn't spray your mates with, with powder fire extinguishers. That is a bad idea. But he has absolutely nailed... The brief, because the brief was, have you ever accidentally or sort of freakily broken something? And that is a great one. Sprayed by a fire extinguisher and then trying to get that stuff off the blazer, smashing his own phone into the wall without realising it. He has nailed it. This is this is why I'm an atheist, Johnny. You know, there's no justice in the universe. The only way that could happen with any sense of justice whatsoever, in it not be the bloke who sprayed him's phone, is that we're all just living in a sea of statistical prob- probability. You want to try to say that last line again? I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> they know what I mean, Johnny. It, it's just not fair. Can I just say thank you to everyone who has sent stuff in this series? We've had so many absolutely brilliant things from you. And I'm sorry if we have not read everything out, but we always get way too many for each bit. But there'll be lots more next season. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking time out of your days to write some kind of input that we can work with to create this nonsense. We really appreciate it.
His name is Mark Carver And he'd rather be playing video games Than not the dating game But it's time for love It's time for love, Mark Okay, Mark, last week on the podcast For anyone that missed it we got to the point where you were seriously contemplating going on some speed trades. I can't believe I'm even saying this. And I can't believe you're saying this, Johnny. You were going to email the companies because you had a bit of a concern about age. You were saying that you weren't sure at 41 whether you were going to be too old for the young people or whether you were going to be too young for the old people. Did you manage to contact any of those places? Mate, listen, I'm going to come clean. I've not contacted them as yet. I've had a lot on this week, a lot of stuff going on, and I've not managed to... Well, Mark, as your friend, yeah. as your friend, yeah. you're in luck, because I've done it for oh, you. You're an absolute penis. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to do it. I could just tell you weren't going to do it. You knew I had a lot on and I wasn't in the right headspace for it. Oh, you... I contacted Original Dating, who have got, a dating place in Derby. Little plug for them there. I fucking hate you, mate. Now, you're going to be happy about this. Am I? Yeah. Right. Because you're 41, okay? Right. And they do a night in Derby in a lovely venue. Uh-huh. Speed dating, which is what we chatted about last week. And their bracket that they're suggesting for you, Mark, is the one that they do for people who are 30 to 45, you're about in the middle of that. I did not find that online. Now, that is interesting. I still fucking hate you. But come on. That feels like a good fit. Um, I hate it. The whole thing fills me with fear. Um, people seem to enjoy the, the absolute cringe, I feel, internally, the concept of any of this. Um, so for the benefit of, of, of our listeners and their sadistic, um, fetishist, quite frankly, uh, tastes in my discomfort. I'll, 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 I'll give it, I'll give it a go. And for love. Oh yeah. For love. Let's not forget that we're in the love section here and we're ultimately trying to yeah. find your one true love yeah. down in Derby at a speed date in event. The love section. It's not, it's not a trace. <laughs> Step towards the love section. <laughs> oh, it's just, mate. Oh, this Are you is... going to go for it then? Are you actually genuinely going to go? I'll tell you what. I mean... You should go while we're in the gap. Yeah, this is it. This is it. We'll, do, we'll go in the gap. I'll, I'll, I'll try and document it in whatever way I can. And we'll we'll I'll, I'll do I'll do the experiment. I'll go out there. I'll see what it's about. And I'm doing it for for the other the other people out there, so they know because there's there's got to be thousands of people out there who are in a similar position and they don't want to go through this. And it's horrible. And maybe maybe it'll be great. That's more like it. That's the most positive thing you've said in this section since we started the podcast. I mean... That is the most optimistic thing you've ever said about the dating thing. You said, maybe it will be good. That's exactly what I've been saying. I'm giving it a 10% chance of being all right. 10% is better than non-percent. Is non-percent a thing? <laughs> zero, traditionally, Johnny. It's referred to okay, 10% is better than 0%. So, just to finish this bit... Uh, for this season, I will sit down with you on the next podcast, episode one, season two, and you'll tell me how it went speed dating. Is that correct? 
we haven't we haven't 100 decided on our break length yet but yeah I'd, I'd say that you know we should be able to get something done for the start of the next uh the next episode i guess yeah there you go listeners an exclusive <laughs> exclusive yeah all right well well done mark we've come a long way and listen i'm sure everybody that listens to the podcast and follows the podcast is with me when i say we're all excited for you and come on man bloody go for it get out there sure yeah i mean Looking for love wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do, but I bloody have to now, so we might as well make the most of it, eh? He's a robot droid, and you'll miss him when he's gone. He's one. Right, my friend, it's time for our wonderful guest. We're going to call Frank Turner in a moment, but before we do... For anyone that's never listened to the podcast before, if you're a Frank Turner fan and you've tuned in to listen to this, welcome. Make yourselves at home. Grab a drink from the bar. Sit down in that comfy sofa over there. Now, Mark built a robot a few weeks ago, a droid, if you like. Mm. Think of, I don't know, Metal Mickey and R2-D2 having a baby. I'd rather not. (laughs) Mate, we (laughs) can't broadcast that. They decided to call it WD-41, and the great thing about our droid is that it can ask questions. So in a moment, it will literally, and this is not a joke, it will come up with the questions using its brain, and we'll put them to Frank. First of all, I think it's got a brain. Uh, Well, have you got the droid there? Is it working? Just to explain, uh, WD-41, he was created and he uses modern ai technology this isn't actually a joke this isn't this isn't a bit it's not a scam it uses modern ai technology to go out onto the internet research a guest and formulate questions specifically for them you know we can ask him parameters we can give him and we can say we can ask him a serious question or a fun question but beyond that all of the questions are formulated by our friend here, WD41. I'm just going to boot him up for you now. Hello, mate. Wow. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. Oh, uh, okay, okay, wind it. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Is he in good spirits? He sounds quite happy. He, a little bit manic, if anything, yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah. He's excited. That's it. He's excited to meet. Frank Turner. Should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. He's a singer-songwriter from Hampshire. He's had a number one album and he's far too good for this podcast. Please welcome to be interviewed by our droid, the Frank Turner. Hello, hello. That's a, that's a very nice interview. I, interview introduction is what I mean. Very nice introduction. I feel like I, I, I would be honoured to be good enough to be part of this podcast. You haven't heard the podcast yet, Frank. Okay, that is true. That is true. Yeah, right. okay, fine. <laughs> We've got somebody to introduce you to, right. hoping that he will charm you the way he's charmed us and our listeners. He's a droid. He's a robot. Mark, fire him up. He's called WD41, and he comes up with the questions. That's his job. Here he is. He says hello, Frank. He says, well, that sounds like the internet from um, the 1998. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today. Um, why, is he, why, why is he called WD-41? 
421 or something? What was it? WD41. Well, he, he told me that he was a conversational lubricant. Uh, okay, right. I said, okay, I get it now. Right, WD40. Okay, right, WD41. Right, okay. I've, we're, I've... Trying to, we're trying to not get cancelled. <laughs> okay, That's sorry, why sorry, we sorry. say 41. 41, yes. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what a crazy, <laughs> crazy uh, happenstance. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the exciting thing. He... He is actually brilliant. He can come up with questions. So let's go for it and let's get the first question from the robot's mouth. Okay, WD, let's, let's have a question for Frank. Okay, um, WD41 says, uh, <laughs> what was the first song you ever wrote? And uh, do you remember any of the lyrics? Um, no, sort of. I mean, essentially, um, when I was about... 10 or so I started playing guitar I was having piano lessons uh because I'm middle class and I wasn't paying attention or practicing or doing anything at all um and then and I hated it um and then uh my uh, a guy I knew at school had been given like this incredible like Les Paul gold top for Christmas and he didn't care he didn't want it he was like a rich kid and I I, did, he, I was like can I borrow it and he was like yeah whatever and I remember I was learning the chords to um knocking on heaven's door which I thought was by uh, Guns N' Roses at the time, and because I was 10. So um, anyway, and uh, it goes G, D, A minor, right? And, uh, and I played that round a few times, and then I went G, D, A major, and thought of myself as a songwriter. Um, now, it's, it's worth saying, it is worth saying that that does actually shift the kind of expected key of the song from G to D major, if you do that. It does change the feeling more uh -huh. than you might expect. But it's not really songwriting. And I'd say, I think I sort of then made up some words that went with it, but I genuinely can't remember what they were. I did, I mean, I wrote an awful lot of quote-unquote songs when, uh, shortly after that, where which was literally just writing down four letters on a piece of paper and some utter garbage that I wrote in like a school exercise book. And then going, bah, 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 over the top. And it was awful in every way. But I think that was the first thing. Yeah, I think any any guitarist can identify with that for sure. Yeah. 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 Can you remember what it would have been about, Frank? Got any idea what you would have written a song about when you were 10? Uh. <laughs> just complaining generally i don't know um uh just sort of a, a sort of a nascent and as yet uh on on sort of distinguished teenage angst you know um i think i thought i was generally pretty pissed off when i was when i was a kid okay fantastic can we have another one mark it's not Mark. It's it's WD. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Frank, well done for not way, breaking can, the fourth can, wall. Can I, can I can I also just jump in at this point and and do you know the story about the 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 um, Ottoman automaton? There was a thing in the Ottoman Empire that's in about the 1500s where a guy claimed he'd built a robot. This, this is in the 1500s mm -hmm. and and successfully convinced many of the great and good of Europe, both the sort of southeastern Europe and the the Ottoman Emperor at the time. Um, and uh, it turned out to be a dude hiding in a cupboard, uh, <laughs> pulling levers. <laughs> and uh, and I just thought I'd mention that. They could have done that in a film with like a little girl or something, and then he gets blown away by a tornado. Yeah, that that'll never work. That'd never work. Yeah, <laughs> right. Anyway, let's let's bring WD back into the to the game. Okay, WD says, um, "What's the most ridiculous thing that's ever happened to you on tour?" I mean, where to even begin? Um, uh, like, there are so many. Um, <laughs> tour is a ridiculous 
method of existence. I mean, um, I mean, I've been attacked by techno hippies in Cornwall on the edge of a cliff whilst playing a show. I've been uh, <laughs> white hatted in in Calgary. I've, I mean, I've, we've played the Olympic Open ceremony. That was pretty ridiculous. Um, uh, I, what happened with the cliff? Tell us about the cliff story. The cliff story. Well, the cliff story. <laughs> like, I mean, this is the thing. All I really have is tour anecdotes. The, the rest of it's just sort of yeah. chaff. Um, uh, I we were playing a festival on a cliff top in Cornwall a long time ago, probably two thousand and seven or eight, something like that. Uh, and uh, we there was sort of there was a, a few hundred people there. It was pretty good. Um, and there was a stage, and there was a gap, and then there was a barrier. You know, quite sort of official looking, and there was no yeah. security, which I kind of noticed about halfway through the show that there wasn't like anyone manning the front of the stage, mm. and it was like, well, you know, it's folk rock played at a sort of folky Cornish festival, we'll be all right. And then this guy who was just um, very clearly had been. Um, dipping into a substance that I could not tell you what it was, but I suspect it was wildly illegal and had made him extremely fired up. And he had, uh, he was, do you want know me like? It was effective. <laughs> it was effective. He was extremely affected. Uh, and he he had kind of like dreadlocks with bits of plastic kind of knotted in them and that kind of, okay. you know what I mean? Techno goth, techno hippie. Yeah. Kind of metal wellies, do you know what I mean? A pair of wellies with a sort of steel shin guard on them, but no shirt. Um, and he sort of jumped up and started kind of dancing on the stage a little bit, which was like, well, it's a hippie festival or whatever. And then he did this thing where he was standing with one foot on the stage and one foot on the barrier, kind of with his legs like this doing the splits, okay. and sort of shuffling along the front and sort of trying to unplug microphones and pull stuff over. And it was just kind of like, okay, don't do that. That's annoying. That's... Um, and nobody was doing anything about this at all. Uh, and I was sort of looking around, kind of going, uh, I mean... Help. Help, <laughs> kind of thing. And eventually, I didn't... I, I sort of... He was going to. He was coming to, like, unplug the, my microphone, which is the main microphone for the show, and it was just like, I need to head this off at the past. And so I didn't... In a way that wasn't designed to not hurt him, but so his legs like this, I just sort of put my foot on the back of his near knee and pushed it, and then his... His, his uh, stance was interfered with and he sort of fell <laughs> safely to the ground. Uh, but he then leapt back up onto the stage in a kind of like chemically fueled bound and picked up a guitar stand and tried to hit me in the head with it. Um, and <laughs> sort of all complete bedlam broke out and yeah. the rest of my band threw their instruments on the floor and got him. And then eventually my friend who ran the festival had gone to go and get help, and I saw him kind of running across the field with like four slightly portly dudes in high vis jackets behind him. Uh, and it took all of the four portly dudes and my friend around the festival and me and my band to subdue this guy. Wow. This is still during a show, by the way, on stage yeah. in front of everybody. Um, and uh, he, some cops came over and they arrested him and they said, What's your name? And he said, Mickey Mouse. Um, and, then, uh, and then he got carried off the festival to a sort of polite round of applause i mean it was like wow i mean he's having a good time and uh and wow. then we carried on with the show i mean that's one story of many i could we'll be here all day wd uh so um uh there are many thank you frank that was a corker i i've safe to say i think that guy had had a red bull yeah <clears throat> yes maybe even two two cans of red bull and you turn into mickey mouse okay yes. wd let's go again Okay. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received about performing live? 
always keep your head above your ass. It kind of links back to that story in a way. A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a good piece. I mean, if you want to get more serious about it, I mean, the whole thing, imagine the audience naked thing always struck me as a terrible piece of advice because, like, the idea yeah. of standing in front of several hundred naked people is even more intimidating um, than just standing in front of several hundred people. I guess, like, um, you know, people say things like, own the stage, it's your front room, you've invited people in, all this sort of business. Um, but I always kind of, I always felt reasonably comfortable on stage. Um, it just felt, and I don't really feel that comfortable anywhere else, to be honest. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's, I, it, that's, I, it's the one place in the world where I know that I'm doing something that, I'm, that I have some competence at. Like, everything else, fuck knows, but, like... Uh, I always, I always struggle that I was always incredibly nervous on stage, and people latterly told me that I never did. I was in, it's a small tin pot band, but, um, always told me I did. And when young people came to me for advice... And my only bit of advice, the only thing I can remember was, it's okay, the nerves go after the first four or five hundred shows. That was like, <laughs> yeah, that, and, and like, and the bit of advice just seemed to inject terror into the faces of, of all these, these young yeah, kids. Yeah, that seemed unhelpful advice yeah a bit for me it was true and i think and uh, years later some of them came back and and they were like yeah you're right it took about three or four hundred for me and then the terror went yeah Yeah. (laughs) i like that i thought you were going to say after the first three or four songs and it (laughs) i used to have to sit like i used to play like an acoustic guitar in a band sort of bluesy folky acoustic and i used to have to when i first started playing i used to have to put my foot on my other foot to stop my leg jigging and my guitar kind of vibrating like that <laughs> when I was sitting and playing. But like it was, and I'm generally not a nervous person, but for that, it just kind of first few hundred shows. Let's go again, shall we? Yeah. Mark, Mark where, where did you learn to interpret this language? <laughs> well, he built him. Yeah, I mean... It, there we go, there we go. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It, it, it's machine code mixed with random ADHD nonsense that, that just my brain just naturally translates. I see, yeah, okay. Um, he, he was asking, he said that you've been known to cover a variety of songs in live shows. What's your favourite cover that you've ever performed? Uh, good question. Can I guess it? Yeah, sure. Thunder Road? I mean, I, Thunder Rose is a cover I did a lot in my time, and I remember playing it um, uh, at Rue Studios with you, Johnny, many years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, like, I sort of, I've played, um, I've played a Towns Van Zandt cover um, in the Old Quarter, which is where Live at the Old Quarter was recorded. You'll be surprised to hear, um, uh, and that was pretty cool. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, the little things like that. I, I played a Neil Young song in Soundcheck at Massey Hall. Uh, mm-hmm. in Toronto that was that felt pretty good and like and it was like I, it wasn't in the show or anything I was just like screw you guys we're in Massey Hall I'm playing a Neil Young song oh that's um, a shame that that wasn't seen but did anyone film it or anything like that or uh, this may have been sort of slightly before everyone having camera phones actually now that I yeah. think about it but um, but you know the little things like that I enjoyed doing I actually did a whole tour once where I did a regional cover so every night I tried to play one song by someone from that town which meant I had to most days learn a song during the day which was a really cool discipline actually um and I played uh, a Jimmy Buffett song in Mobile Alabama which was really fun let's get drunk and screw which is a great song yeah. um <laughs> and uh so you know it, that was a cool sort of like like I say cool discipline um so yeah, but I mean, ultimately, I've played like a million covers, and I'm going to give Johnny the answer and say Thunder Road. 
<laughs> I thought after all that, you were going to go uh, knocking on heaven's door by Guns and Roses. You know? Well, maybe. <laughs> See, you know what? I played Thunder Road at the Stone Pony in New Jersey now that I think about it. So, uh, uh, so there you go. Cool. All right. Thank you, Frank. Shall we have another one? Okay, so WD41 says, you're often outspoken about political and social issues. Have you ever received any pushback from fans or colleagues when you're speaking out? <laughs> Endlessly. Uh, I would put it in a slightly different <laughs> way. I'd say that I've possibly fallen on my ass, fallen on my face even, let's say, uh, a few times in my life. Um, as, a, as, a, as a slightly older artists these days like i try and engage with things that i definitely know where i'm talking about <laughs> should we say and it, with that in mind like you know all of the kind of like quote-unquote activism stuff i do is music adjacent so like you know i do a lot of work with a charity called able to uk which works on disabled rights and disabled access within the context of live music now obviously the issue of disabled rights and disabled access spreads beyond just gigs but mm -hmm. You know, the bit I know about is gigs. That's I definitely yeah. know about gigs, so I'm going to do that. And we did Stay Up Late, which is a charity that gets people with learning disabilities, kind of gig buddies, to come to gigs. And we did Safe Gigs for Women, which talk about, you know, sexual violence and all that kind of thing in, in the context of shows. All of these things apply in a more broader context, but I definitely, definitely know what I'm talking about when it comes to gigs, and I wouldn't say that about pretty much anything else. So, so it's kind of more focused in my old age um but uh but yeah i mean have i ever had pushback like endlessly i mean my god <laughs> um some some of it deserved and some of it maybe not but that's life do you know what i mean um mm -hmm. i think there's there is a funny thing in the music industry where people like you know oh well political music as if there, there can only be one sort of kind of that kind of thing and it's a bit like well you know it could be a, there's the whole surely the point of politics is disagreement to some to some extent um but uh, ultimately, I'm much more interested in being a musician than I am being a politician. So um, uh, the right, all of that shit can go hang, as far as I'm concerned. Would you say you've sort of changed what you would now say in an interview and, you know, out and about or whatever, based on pushback and things like that? Over time, yeah. have you... I would say two things. First of all, I'd say that I've learned and changed and grown and understood more about the world as I got older. I think that's important. I also, just brief aside, think that somebody who hasn't changed their opinion since they was a teenager needs to do a little bit of self-examination um uh you know i mean the point of life is accruing experience and understanding um but also i mean it's a funny thing yes is the short answer to that question i've got better at answering questions and it's i don't mean that sound like i've got kind of like media savvy or whatever mm -hmm. but you do understand at a certain point that there are certain people who ask you questions who are out to fuck you and um yeah. not not giving them the ammunition to do that is uh I mean, ultimately, is probably a skill I'm still working on, but um, is is wise might be the answer. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for uh, being so honest about it. Can we have another WD for one? Of course we can. Yeah. Let's let's have another one. WD. Oh, WD for one's asking you, what's one song from your discography that you think is underrated and deserves more attention? Oh, that's a great question. Um, uh, uh, loads of them. Uh, actually, you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a song. You know, we did the 10-year anniversary of, of my album, Take That Heart, the other day. And there's a, the last song on that album is called Broken Piano. Uh, and it's kind of a weird ambient soundscape piece that I think, given that I exist in a more kind of songwriter-based kind of quote-unquote folk rock, punk rock, whatever mm -hmm. world, a lot of my audience were a bit like, eh, about, and then, eh, 
And, you know, we played it on that tour back in 2013, 2014, and then we didn't really play it since. And then we played it the other night. And again, I think Quella Voodoo's were like, cool. <laughs> and, then we played, and then we played the ones with heavy drums and mandolins and stuff, and everyone was happy. Yeah. But I think that that might be the most kind of like complicated piece of art that I've put out into the world, and I'm very, very proud of it. That's cool, man. I mean, it's difficult when you go out and do something like that and because your audience, you've got the kind of folk punk kind of vibe going on there and then you do something of a massive departure, then it's, it can be quite difficult to have an audience with a, with a broad taste. Um, it is. I mean, I, I think, my, largely speaking, my audience were indulgent in the sense that they were like, he's having a nice time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like people were kind of going, boo. They were just yeah. kind of going, oh, I'll just nip to the bar at this yeah, point. this is pint I mean? time. But yeah. I'm like, you don't understand. It's an ambient <laughs> soundscape piece that's based on Summer is a Coming In, which is the oldest recorded song in the English language. Plus, it's all about machine music because it's to do with a broken microwave in my ex-girlfriend's flat and blah, fucking blah. And they're like, lovely, dear. Lovely. <laughs> um, and on we go. They were happy for you to be happy. Like, yeah, Come on, exactly. everyone. Let's yeah. be happy because Frank's having a great time. Let's all enjoy this. Yeah. And you're, allowed, and you're allowed one per show, man. <laughs> one day they'll put on that album and be like, shit, I get it. You know, that, yeah. that'll be it. One day that you'll get them. <laughs> it's like when someone goes to a wedding and it's not really what they want to be experiencing. And they say, well, it's your day. It's your day. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's your day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Go on, let's have another one. All right. WD. If you could switch lives with any fictional character for a day, who would it be and what would you do? <laughs> with any fictional character? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I mean, surely the answer's got to be like Superman, I suppose, really. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, because I mean, it's like there's lots of my favourite fictional characters, but I don't actually want to be Yasarin in Catch-22 because the entire point is about somebody who's trapped in a nightmarish Kafkaesque military um uh bombing operation thing in the second world war and i don't want to do that thank you very much i feel it'd be quite stressful yeah that's sort of the point you know um uh so i mean yeah superman and then i'd just fly around a lot uh-huh. um uh do you remember have you seen the bit in i think it's superman 3 when he gets pissed <laughs> mate you could do that bit today well no 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 no, but, no, but I couldn't do that bit today, Johnny, because like he, he gets pissed and then starts like melting the bar with his eyes and stuff. It's fucking... <laughs> That's what that guy was trying to do. Yeah. That's what yeah. that guy was going for yeah. at the festival that got on stage. He was that he was that far gone. He was trying maybe, to melt the stage was, with his eyes. No, no, no. He actually was Superman. That was it. That was drunk that Superman. Was that, that was drunk <laughs> Superman. Yeah. I think I'd probably do the same. I'd probably melt some politicians or something personally, but, you know. Fine. But, uh, like, I think, you know, I mean, I, th I sort of struggle to think what fictional character would be better than Superman, really, because... He's kind of got it all, hasn't he? Yeah. There's not many downsides, apart, well, ob apart from the obvious kryptonite. Oh, I guess the other option, though, is I could say Zeus. There you go. That's zero downsides, isn't it? Yeah, do you know what I mean? You're immortal, you're king of the gods, like... Yeah. I mean, because I think Zeus would be able to take Superman, right? Probably. That is Don't the subject think? of a separate podcast. 
I did always strike me that Superman was a slightly kind of broken sort of setup for a story generally anyway, because like essentially all that happens to Superman is he runs into people who have kryptonite, because otherwise other, otherwise it's just a boring story. It's like he can do literally anything at all. <laughs> and it's like, okay. That's why everyone identifies with Batman, isn't it? Because it's more relatable. He's not got all of these, you know, ridiculous superpowers, just a man in a suit. He's a trust fund kid with illusions of grandeur. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, everyone can identify to that, can't they? <laughs> WD's getting sleepy, so this is his final question, Johnny. Okay, let's have one more then. Right. So WD says, if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only have one album with you, what album would it be and why? Um, I'm going to slightly cheat. Um, and I'm going to pick the soundtrack for The Last Waltz by the band. And part oh, yeah. of the reason for that is that that then gives me a little bit of Joni Mitchell, uh, um, Neil Young, you know, Van Morrison, uh, BB, uh, Muddy Waters, sorry, Muddy Waters, um, Dr. John. Do you know what I mean? It gives me a bit of an ensemble. I think that's allowed, though. You can have a compilation. He didn't, yeah, he didn't yeah. say you couldn't, did he? Yeah. I also, I feel quite strongly that the band are one of the single greatest rock and roll ensembles in history um so i mean i'm not going to say that's my favorite album of all time that's not quite what i mean but if i'm only allowed one album at least if i have that one then i get a bit of kind of yeah a bit of a spread that is such a smart answer that i think that's now my answer if someone else asks me that question that's really well thought out i, th- I, th- I thought you were about to say that it was such a good answer that wd has started smoking yeah uh, yeah yes <laughs> no he's lit a cigarette like post post coital <laughs> That's not quite what I meant. I meant melting down. But okay, fine. Maybe he's got a vape. Surely, surely WD smokes an e-cig. <laughs> no, he's fucking old. Okay. He's got a marble red with the tip broken off. And Galois rolled in a jetan. That's WD. WD we all know and love. Frankie, uh, Frank you? Oh, that's, that's a new thing. I've just come yeah. up with there. I, I think we should probably stop it there. Really. You're nailing this, Johnny. <laughs> Feel free to take that to the stage, Frank. Uh, <laughs> At the end of a show. Frank, you for having me. Oh. Um, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Like, seriously, we really appreciate it. I know that you're really busy. You're about to go to Australia, is that right? I'm, I'm about to do another interview in, in uh, minus two minutes. Um, okay. So uh, <laughs> that's the next part of my day. And then I'm going to Australia, and then I'm going to America and uh, Canada and then Europe, and uh, I have things on, on deck. All right. Well, thanks so much for giving us a chunk of your time. We've Thank you, Frank. We've loved having you on the podcast. WD41, great questions. And, Frank, we'll let you go. Lovely to see you. Take good care. Um, we'll see you soon. Nice thanks, to, Frank. Nice Bye. Thanks, Frank. Bye. Cheers, mate. All the best. So it's the end of the season, episode 10. Frank, thank you so much for coming on. That was a brilliant interview. Yeah, that was, that was great. It's, uh, it, 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 it's amazing, really, because we started this in a hotel room in, in Nottingham, a very small hotel room, and now we've got like real proper guests who do interesting things with their lives coming on and talking about it. Exactly. And as well as the guests... I was thinking this week, what have we learned? Here's a couple of things from me. You may have one you can add. Yin and yang. I think we know that me and you are kind of like the opposite of each other in a way. Mm. You know, I'm very positive and uplifting and outgoing. 
You're a bit more like that donkey in Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore? One that's a bit grumpy and that, yeah. Y- yeah, I mean... More like him. Shit character, but okay, yeah. You know what I mean, though? A bit more sceptical. Yeah, I mean, down. it's fair to say that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm less wholesomely positive than yourself. Yeah. I'm a bit more pragmatic, I feel. Definitely. You're also a really great sport. You have <laughs> oh, God. taken on everything I've asked you to do this season. You have <sighs> built a robot. You have been amazing about the dating stuff. You've done all sorts of things. And actually, Mark, you've been so good Oh God! that I've got something for you. Oh, here we go. You see, when you've got something for me, you know that what that usually means is it, it is going to be, it's going to be something that I'm not actually going to end up being that happy about. But go on. Check this out. Right. It's time for the Made Up Awards. That's right, Mark. You've earned yourself a Made Up Award. And the award (laughs) for the best co-host slash sport goes to... Imagine if it wasn't you. <laughs> yeah. Mark Marcus Carver. <laughs> wow, thanks for the uh, best co-host Speech. on yeah. Speech. Uh, okay, um thank you for this award. Um the best uh, co-host on the Blue Coats Di- Diary podcast. Um yeah, uh that means actually Johnny, thinking about it, being the best co-host means that you're not the best co-host. I did think that this morning when I was brushing my teeth, but I thought I'm leaving it in anyway. <laughs> I've I lost literally thought this that. season. I've lost. Do we? Are we going to do this every every season? We like we get a, we get a winner. We got like okay, fair enough. This this season, Mark was the best, but the next season, you know, we'll do it every <laughs> season. But just be aware that now I've worked it out, and I am the one that gives out the awards. You may not win next year. <laughs> mm, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's kind of. It feels a little bit like put up with the most shit award, um, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it, and thank you for the award anyway. Recognition for my services to taking shit um, with a, with a smile on my face. <laughs> You're welcome. And I actually, on a serious note, would like to say I do feel like we are genuinely ending this season as mates. When we yeah, first man. started. We had WhatsApp chatted as kind of, you know, in a matey way and kind of got some banter going and all that sort of stuff. But really, when you came to that hotel, we weren't mates. We, we were like, it was a strange situation. We talked about it in the first podcast. We didn't know each other. Weirdly, it was a bit like going on a date. It was, because <laughs> you were going to meet this person that you'd been speaking to on the internet for a bit. Yeah. And it was like it was like going on a date. I was definitely not hoping for the same outcome as I would be if I went on a date. But <laughs> it was it had that weird vibe of like, I'm going to, or you go into an interview, but it didn't feel like that. It was the closest thing was like, I'm going on a, like a date, because you're just going to meet someone that you don't really know in a hotel. It was the start of a beautiful friendship and i wanted to think of some really good reasons to tell people to come back on the next season and also subscribe like now is a really good time to subscribe to the podcast so that you've got it all lined up for season two first of all we'll chat about how mark's speed dating adventure went so come back and you can hear about that also we'll find out whether anyone has seen marcus's van out and about and contacted us for a shout out i mean i'm just praying that 
I get a message one day saying, you know, yeah. I saw your van at whatever. And yeah. My friend's getting married next week and can we have a shout out for them on the podcast or whatever? So that would be really cool. And also send us your names for Marcus's new big van. Remember, he's a yeah. drummer. He lives in the van. Send us the best name you can think of and then me and Mark can put some together for a shortlist for Marcus. And also you've made some social media pages, right? What I thought was it would be a really good time. I know a lot of you keep up with us on Johnny's uh, socials, but we think it's really a good idea this time now. And if you do follow Johnny and you do like the podcast, join our new social media outlets. And the address for all of those pages is the same, isn't it, Mark? It is, yeah. At the BCD pod. So at the BCD pod yeah facebook insta yeah facebook it's forward slash the bcd pod um twitter's at the bcd pod um and instagram is again the bcd pod so you can get to us on that yeah check out the socials make sure you subscribe to the podcast and one final plug for our donation page if you love the pod if you want to get the stickers they're only going to be available to people that pay us a tenner or more, which I think is, you know, one pound an episode. Come on, that's got to be fair. Go to our page, which is gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash blue coat. And we'll be back very soon for a new season. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. Thank you so much for listening. Look after your gear. It's goodbye from me, Johnny Awesome. It's goodbye from me, Mark Carver. And for the final time this season. Wow. Goodbye from WD41.